Chapter thirty two of Carpenter's World Travels Alaska, Our Northern Wonderland by Frank Carpenter. This recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter thirty two Across Kenai on Horseback. Imagine a wild virgin region larger than Massachusetts with almost three fourths as much good land as the Bay State, with warmer winters and cooler summers and with rainfall sufficient to raise hardy crops it is a country of surpassing beauty a region of rivers and lakes and beautiful valleys with mountains equal to the alps in their grandeur and with glaciers surpassing any known to the continent of europe let the country be one of big game moose bear and deer wild fowl of all kinds and fish without number with this picture in your mind you will have a glimpse of the kenai peninsula of alaska one of the richest districts tapped by the new railroad. I can tell you something of Kenai as I have just crossed the peninsula. Leaving Seward, I went as far as mile 29 on the Alaska Northern Line, which Uncle Sam took over, and then went on horseback over the mountains through Moose Pass to the little mining camp of Sunrise, not far from the eastern end of the Turnagain Arm. I saw scarcely a dozen people while on the way. The country has hardly been prospected and there are parts of the interior that have never been trodden by the foot of white man the railroad trip from seward to kenai lake is one of the wonder rides of the world you go up the valley which ends in resurrection bay amid the most magnificent of mountains it is as though switzerland came down to the ocean and you could ride under its glaciers and snows through valleys and hillsides of vivid green there are rushing streams and winding lakes there are great canyons and forest-clad cliffs. There are open parks made by nature, carpeted with ferns and wildflowers, and grass growing waist-high. Lungs and nostrils are filled with the sweet air from the spruces on the mountainsides. Six miles from Seward is Bear Lake, set in the midst of a natural park, surrounded by snow-capped mountains on the sides of which hang glaciers of sapphire and forests of emerald. The region is called Woodrow Park after President Wilson. There is a roadhouse on the edge of it near a clear rushing trout stream. The place is a picnic and summer resort, and the bungalows scattered about under the trees remind one of a Chautauqua or a camp meeting ground. Going on to the north, we pass tiny homesteads cut out of the woods. At mile 12, I saw an abandoned log cabin which had been occupied last summer by some city chaps who had come there to hunt. They had expected to stay a week or ten days, but had remained more than two months. Nevertheless, their actual cash outlay for food during that time was less than ten dollars. They spent five dollars for flour, potatoes, and coffee, and the rest of their food was the fish, game, and berries they found in the woods. Beginning at mile 19, Kenai Lake winds about through the mountains for 27 miles. It is only a mile or so wide, and no one knows how deep soundings have been made to thirteen hundred and fifty feet below the surface but the bottom was not reached the mountains are snow-capped and high up on the sides of the green below the snow line you can see the trails made by the mountain sheep the surroundings are mirrored in the crystal clear waters of the lake at mile twenty nine where i left the railroad and took horses to go across country to sunrise is the roadhouse of oscar christensen a wily swede who has a half dozen horses which he rents out for all that the traffic will bear he charged me sixteen dollars a day for two horses and a guide 
and told me that i could pick up the guide on the way before leaving i dined at the roadhouse on moose meat or alaska beef cooked over the coals by a six-foot pioneer his kitchen stove was a range made at hamilton ohio and in the living room adjoining were chairs and tables and a rosewood victrola with several dozen records on top there were flowers in the windows around the wall were spring beds the stove of the living room was a section of hydraulic pipe as big around as a flour barrel with legs of gas pipe it was long enough to take in a whole stick of cord wood after leaving the roadhouse i spent the better part of two days riding through the forest to sunrise the horses were fairly good but the saddles were excruciating i am accustomed to riding and cover about fifteen hundred miles every winter in the parks about washington but this ride across kenai was another story our horses were broad-backed percherons and the saddles were a high pommeled variety so made that they threw one far to the front it was like sitting on a sawbuck with ill-fitting stirrups it brought an entire new set of muscles into play and gave me the sensations and pains of the man who takes a long ride for the first time i found it impossible to go out of a walk and when we came to a mining camp after fifteen hours in the saddle i was so stiff that i had to be lifted from the horse the next day i walked part of the way and had to be lifted off and on whenever i rode during my journey we thought we were lost the guide failed to turn up as expected and when he did so it was already dark he took us along the sides of cliffs over a trail where the forest fires had made it exceedingly dangerous and where he had to jump the logs in the darkness with no telling what might be on the opposite side i slept the clock round after reaching sunrise i despair of making you see the beauties of this trip i rode through one little valley after another with the grandest of mountains everywhere in sight i wound along streams where great red salmon the color of raw beefsteak flashed through the water i skirted beautiful lakes wherein were mirrored towering mountains with their wonderful vegetation and curious outlines the color effects made me think of paintings in which the pigment is laid on in great patches to get striking effects of light and shade i passed through acres and acres burned over by forest fires where the grass had grown shoulder high and the flaming fireweed stood six feet tall in places the woods were carpeted with stunted tree ferns sometimes the forests of spruce were green sometimes frosted silver sometimes pure white the silver and white trees were dead or dying from forest fires and their lace-like branches turned to ivory looked like the most exquisite carvings and then the live things we saw on the journey i have already spoken of the salmon we could see the trout in the streams and i am told that all are full of grayling and other fine fish i met one man on the way who had stopped for an hour at the head of trail lake and caught twenty-seven trout pulling them out as fast as he could throw in the line i could easily have caught salmon and trout with my hands in the smaller streams now and then during the journey i started up coveys of grouse some as big as chickens they ran along in front of my horse for hundreds of feet like turkeys and did not seem to be much afraid at a cabin where i stopped for dinner a miner cooked some ptarmigan he had just killed later on i saw the tracks of brown bear here and there on the trail and once or twice scared up porcupines which scuttled away through the grass my guide told me to be careful not to ride over a porcupine for my horse would surely be lamed by its quills here at sunrise i have had plenty of fresh game to eat 
we have had roast and broiled moose and caribou steak with wild cranberries on the side wild fowl is plentiful and there are excellent fish from six mile river and turnigan arm now and then bear meat is brought in and at times one can get mountain sheep the bear meat is not popular it tastes like tough beef the mountain sheep is the most delicious of all the game found in alaska most of the food here comes from the wilds and can be had for the taking which makes the cost of living cheap as for the future of this alaskan frontier region it would seem to lie mostly in its farms the agricultural department experts who went over this region a few years ago have estimated that there are on the kenai peninsula and in the matanuska and susitna valleys something like four million acres of fairly good land some of it is covered with swamp and muskeg which will need draining but at least one-third of it will require clearing only to be made ready for crops there is enough land of this kind to make more than eight thousand farms of a quarter of a section each or four thousand farms of three hundred and twenty acres which is the amount of land now allowed for a homestead in alaska there is good forage almost everywhere in this part of alaska and according to the farming experts much of this region will be used for stock raising the pioneer farmer on kenai peninsula cannot succeed without a struggle however the greater part of the land is covered with moss which in places is a foot or so deep the soil is wet and so sour that it needs lime it seldom produces good crops at the start but needs to be broken up and exposed to the air to sweeten it there are vast quantities of muskeg a sort of marsh consisting of peat so saturated with water that it is boggy during the summer it is no good whatever except when well drained most of the peninsula is well wooded the best trees are in the lowlands and on the lower slopes of the mountains the timber stopping at about two thousand feet the woods are in groves of spruce hemlock and poplar with patches of bushes and open meadows between the trees are usually small a few of the spruces are more than two feet in diameter but many are no bigger around than telegraph poles the poplars grow in dense forests they are tall straight and beautiful there are cottonwoods in the lowlands that reach a thickness of two or three feet so far much of the timber is protected by the government reservations and in seward they pay high for lumber which has been brought from puget sound notwithstanding the fact that there is fairly good timber ten or twelve miles away indeed most people in alaska think the country is over conserved and that uncle sam's fears for posterity hang like sinbad's old man of the sea around the neck of the territory end of chapter thirty two